Hello, cookbook friends. We are your hosts, Katie and Carrie, bringing you to the Cookbook Divas podcast. On this week's episode, we are presenting brand new cookbooks that will be released in the third week of June. This is a bit of a lighter week as far as brand new cookbooks go, but I guess that kind of gives us an opportunity to pat our wallets for the time being. <laughs> or dust my bookshelf and try to give something away to make room for the new ones, and I say try. I know, yeah, exactly. And I know that we're going to start seeing more cookbooks, especially as the holidays start coming in. Like, there's Halloween cookbooks coming in in August. So, oh boy, yeah. Yeah, so we we need some time to save up. At least I do. <laughs> And I am on vacation, and I know that back home, my boyfriend has been picking up my library holds, and there's over 40 cookbooks on my table waiting for me to look through them oh. on video for you guys and flip through them on Reels on Instagram, and I can't wait to check them out. And I'm like, maybe I should cut my vacation short a day because I can't wait to see them. No! <laughs> so today, some of the cookbooks we'll be talking about include cocktail cookbooks, technically cocktail drinks books, but you know. Cheese-oriented cookbooks, vegan, vegetarian, dessert cookbooks, and lots more. Katie, tell us about the first cookbook you're going to start us off with today. Well, we love Cider Mill Press, so yes. <laughs> of course we have to start with them. It's the one cocktail cookbook that we're going to be talking about today. So this one is called Easy Cocktails, over 100 drinks, all made with four ingredients or less. It actually got pushed out, of course, June 29th, so at least it's not that much. And it says the Coastal Kitchen here, but on Edelweiss, it does say Cider Mill Press, so that's interesting. So I personally love easy things, and I had to include this because summertime is coming up. This is going to be totally perfect, and when parties happen, hopefully we'll be able to have more parties. I like to have easy drinks that actually taste good versus these very complicated, you know, 12-ingredient drinks that I probably need to go to a specialty store for. Well, yeah, and you can't be standing behind the bar making drinks all day or you won't get to see your guests or get your food out. <laughs> exactly. And sometimes it's just better to have your bar all ready with, you know, just your essentials and then everybody can kind of do a free range here. I'm going to make my own drink. So the pictures in this cookbook are huge and really awesome. So, for instance, they have this orange martini it's all showcased this giant picture of a huge orange martini. They include a variation for the orange martini, but then they make it very easy as far as the ingredients go. They actually have tiny little pictures of the things, so like three parts gin. They have a bottle of gin, and then below it, it has one part dry vermouth, so it has a little tiny bottle of dry vermouth. I'm a visual person because I identify things by the bottle. And I know every bottle looks a little different, but usually we can get a, a little easier visualization with this. So I, I really like this. And of course, they display what actual glasses you're supposed to use. So a martini glass for this one. It looks like a lot of the pretty basic drinks are in here, the ones that everybody loves, like a old-fashioned Bloody Mary. We have a Cuba Libre, all of those. Very perfect for summertime. Very easy. So that is the Easy Cocktails Cocktail Cookbook by Cider Mill Press. You know, I like that the drinks have four ingredients or less. Here on vacation, I was just thinking, I'm making really boring drinks because I have all the five alcohols, you know, gin, vodka, rum, whiskey, etc. 
Right. And then I have orange juice, cranberry juice, soda, and tonic. But I'm like, well, that's kind of boring. I don't want to just throw... I mean, I will drink a screwdriver if I need to, but I feel like it should have a couple more ingredients to make it more exciting. So that's a good book for that. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. Now we're going to talk about a couple of elegant parties and dessert cookbooks. I'm going to start us off by asking if we have any Bridgerton fans here. (gasps) The Netflix show. Someone quickly came out with a unofficial cookbook for fans of Bridgerton. It's called Tea Time at Grosvenor Square. An unofficial cookbook for fans of Bridgerton, 75 Sinfully Delectable Recipes. It comes out June 22. The author is Dahlia Clearwater. And you basically had me at Bridgerton. But Mm -hmm. the publisher cordially invites us to dine with society's finest. From magnificent macaroon towers to the heavenly fruit top trifles, the food of Bridgerton steals the show, and now we can learn how to make some of it. 75 tempting recipes inspired by those candy-colored treats and opulent feasts. So some of the recipes we'll be able to make include cakes, pies, meringues, macaroons, cookies, ice cream, drinking chocolate, one of my favorites, and some savory, including soup, meat pies, roasts, cocktails, and more. And don't forget English scones and pastries, although the English would have pronounced that scones. That is Tea Time at Grosvenor Square by Dahlia Clearwater, and it is going to hit... My bookshelf on June 22. I'm sure the photos in there are absolutely gorgeous, too. Very Tea Party-esque. Perfect for summer and spring. My next cookbook is called How to Cook That Crazy Sweet Creations by Anne Reardon. It actually came out June 15, so this is technically should have been on the list last week, but I thought I... I thought I had talked about it already because I keep seeing it and I keep looking through it because I'm obsessed with this book, but I think I missed it (laughs) (laughs) because I am obsessed with it. So Anne Reardon, I really like this. She's the host of a show called How to Cook That. It's a baking series in Australia. She's a scientist and a dietitian, which I think is awesome because, you know, baking is a science. It's wonderful, which she definitely breaks down all of these things in this particular cookbook. But the recipes are awesome. And one of the recipes that really came out to me was cherry red velvet cupcakes. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> I love cherries. So I know. And I they're bright red. So pretty. And then she has this really cute, it's like a little heart cupcake so she's actually been able to create like a little tiny heart inside of each of these cupcakes i feel like i've talked about this before because it's just so cool i love how she's broken everything down you get to understand why you need what kind of fat you would potentially need what kind of sugar and how much and how that affects your bakes or eggs and water just if you want to learn the science of cooking this is going to be a super helpful cookbook for you Plus, this is doing really well. This is like a number one hit so far on Amazon, and I can see why, because the pictures are just beautiful. I definitely, I think I might need to pick this up for myself and try to adjust these for gluten-free baking, personally. I'm really glad we didn't make any New Year's resolutions to buy less cookbooks, because we right. are, we would have been breaking them. All right. Yeah, totally. Met. I would be screwed. I'd be done. <laughs> Day one. So if you want to check that out, it is How to Cook That Crazy Sweet Creations by Anne Reardon. My next cookbook is a cheese cookbook. 
It is easy cheese boards, arrangements, recipes, and pairings for any occasion. It comes out June 22nd from Rockridge Press. It is by Claire Robin Adler. And right now, cheese and charcuterie boards are just huge. They're everywhere. I probably wouldn't throw a summer party without having a couple different pretty arranged ones, or I'd feel a little bit embarrassed because it's so in right now. Yeah. But we do have more than a few cheese and charcuterie books coming out this summer and the spring. It's kind of all over the place. So I'm trying to figure out why this one would be distinguished or why you would buy this over any other ones. This cheese plate book includes step-by-step instructions, how to build 30 exquisitely curated boards. There's a cheese glossary so you can explore the styles and tastes of a variety of cheeses, including fresh, soft, hard, blue, and vegan. And you can get substitution and brand suggestions, which is very helpful, but we don't always live in the same cities and have the same access to the same brands. There's pairing suggestions, including dips, spreads, and jams, drink pairings, and how to make pickled fennel and candied nuts. Hmm. So let's see if I can peek inside really quick on Amazon's nice little sneak preview. The pictures look pretty so far. Looks good. The contents include introduction to cheese, building your own cheese board, appetizer boards, party platters, dessert boards, which is a huge thing right now too, dips, spreads, and jams, flavorful accompaniments. Looks good. That is Claire Robin Adler's Easy Cheese Boards, Arrangements, Recipes, and Pairings for Any Occasion. Next up, we have British Cheese on Toast, Over 100 Recipes with Farmhouse Cheeses. It comes out June 22nd. It's by Steve Parker. I don't know why I've never thought about doing this as a snack or a meal or, or anything, because just it's for me, it sounds like an open-ended grilled cheese sandwich. Why haven't I done that? That's so easy and awesome. This cookbook's really cool because we have, like it says in the title, a hundred different recipes for these kinds of dishes. So I can see this being super useful for like winter and, and fall. When you have your soup, you can have these open-ended things. But also, even as we were approaching summertime and the kids are coming out of school and they're at home all the time, this is actually, these would be really easy to quickly make so that, you know, you can just give them to the kids and there you can change up the different kinds of recipes you have. So some of the recipes in here, I am not seeing any pictures, but I, I imagine this is probably going to be a really cool looking cookbook on the inside. But some of the recipes that they've offered are a Applebee's Cheshire with apricots. Hmm. We have an old Winchester aubergine parmigiana. (laughs) Sorry. It sounds delicious. Yes. We also have a Colston Bassett Stilton with figs and honey. So these are all very elegant dishes. I made it sound very elementary when I was explaining a cheese on toast. These are very sophisticated cheeses on toast how come i have never put figs and stilton on toast i probably had toast on the side of it but not Ooh, yeah this one Ooh, this one i feel like would be awesome it's a ton worth with roasted garlic rosemary and honey there's a lot of really cool things in here so they have recipes for sweet and savory flavor combinations which is really cool. We use a variety of cheeses from blue, goat's cheese, smoked cheese, etc. You'll find any kind of combination of cheese and toast in this particular cookbook. Definitely keep this in mind as we approach June. It is 
British cheese on toast over 100 recipes with farmhouse cheeses by Steve Parker. Let's visit a few new international cookbooks next. The first one I have seen everywhere on Bookstagram. It is Grand Dishes, Recipes and Stories from Grandmothers of the World Aww. by Iska Lupton and Anastasia Miari. Comes out June 22. Someone's grandmother is on the cover. And I've seen this all over Goodreads, just everywhere. Everyone's so excited about this book. This is not a book about what it's like to be old, the publisher tells us. It's about what it's like to have lived. There's no food quite like a grandmother's time-perfected dish. Inspired by their own grandmothers and the love they shared through the food they served, Anastasia Miari and Iska Lupton embarked on a mission from Corfu to Cuba, Moscow to New Orleans, and many more in between. They set out to capture cooking methods, regional recipes, and timeless wisdom from grandmothers around the world. Now, I remember, Katie, that your grandmother was very good at cooking, and my maternal grandmother was, my my dad's mom hated cooking, so she had a chef in the house, <laughs> but I wish I had spent more time in the kitchen with my grandmother. I know she was trying to show me how to make her famous freezer strawberry jam, and I didn't pay attention. Oh, I wish you did. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, she yum. did teach me to make her special pie crust with her secret technique of adding 7-Up instead of water to make it bubbly. <gasps> I did not just say that. Oh, I but now I, know. She we tried know. to show me how to make fudge, and I wasn't good at getting it the right temperature and crystallizing and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, back to Grand Dishes. Let's take a peek at the contents and see if we can see some of the recipes or the table of contents. Okay, soups and sides, vegetables, fish, meat, something sweet. The author's grandmother's recipes. I'm not getting much of a sneak peek. That's about all I have. They include elegant portraits of the grandmothers, diverse recipes and techniques unique to each region. That is super cool. Yeah. That is Grand Dishes, Recipes and Stories from Grandmothers of the World, and I will be looking through it on video soon, certainly. Yay, that'll be awesome. This is one that I really like, too. I love seeing, like, really personal stories side by side with recipes. I think it's really cute. And I I, I like this one in particular because we all learn from our grandmothers. It's just perfect. My next international book is called Let's Make Dumplings, a comic book cookbook. What? Yes. It's actually hefty, too. It's 208 pages. This comes out June 22nd. It's by Hugh Amano and Sarah Beckin. It is super adorable. The illustrations are bright and bold and just, oh, they're so cute. So each chapter, there's actually a table of contents. We have Dumplings 101. We have Making Wrappers and Folding Dumplings, which I'm sure that is a huge visual help because I, I've i been watching Worst Cooks of America and they had a dumpling episode and watching them fold the dumplings was kind of hilarious, but I was like, could I do any better? I'm not sure. I would have to find out. Some of these dumplings look incredibly complicated, though. So we have cooking dumplings as a chapter, recipes, savory dumplings, bowsy. We also have our riffs, so probably special, fun, unique dumplings that are specific to this little comic book, and sweet dumplings. They also give us dumpling sauces, which I super Ooh. appreciate because 
there's something wonderful about sauces with dumplings. You can't have a dumpling without sauce. Unless it's a soup dumpling that you pierce with your chopsticks. But even then, you yes. still want to kind of dip it in the sauce. Yeah. Oh, yes. Shumai is so good. This so- is the perfect cookbook for you because you love Japanese food. You're obsessed with it. And you're obsessed with cookbooks. <laughs> it's like they made it for you personally, Katie. I know. They did. Shh. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, so, okay, so I'm looking through some of these photos. They have, they've given us a illustration of how to fold the wonton. It is incredibly detailed and super helpful. They have all the directional arrows, how you would actually fold each wonton. And this is a very complicated fold. So this is really, really helpful. It's fun. I can see this being used with kids, too, to make cooking a li- just a little more entertaining with a comic book. But this is really... This is more in de- depth than I thought it was going to be. Apparently, these are the same authors that made Let's Make Ramen, which I feel like I've run into before. This is a really fun cookbook, for sure, especially if you want to learn how to make dumplings. Definitely worth it, because as we all know, <laughs> dumplings are incredibly visual and complicated. So that is Let's Make Dumplings, a comic book cookbook. My next book is the Crepe Recipe Book for Beginners, 60 Plus Sweet and Savory Crepes. And I've decided not to pronounce it the pretentious way of crepe. Anyway, (laughs) it comes out June 22. It's by Anne Coslo. And I like making crepes, but you have to stack, you have to keep them warm in a towel if you're making them for more than one or two people. Uh, And then it's hard to get them apart. Yes. It's a lot of work. It is. But. This also is from Rockridge Press, and it includes Crepe Kitchen Essentials, How to Choose the Right Pans for Crepe Making, which is true, because I've tried just a skillet before. It has to be the right skillet. How to Work with Crepe Makers, which I would never buy because I have enough gadgets in my kitchen that don't get used. (laughs) How to Stock Your Kitchen with Other Must-Have Tools and Ingredients. Then they teach you how to whip up delectable breakfast main courses and desserts with a crepe recipe book. And they have step-by-step directions and tutorial photos. Yes, I need those. Yeah. For creating the perfect wafer-thin pancake. And they include, thank you very much, variations for vegan, gluten-free, keto, and paleo batters. Love it. That's wonderful. That is the Crepe Recipe Book for Beginners by Anne Coslo. Next up, we have Ciudad de Mexico, Recipes and Stories from the Heart of Mexico City. It comes out June 22nd. It's by Edson Diaz Fuentes and Pierre Kaufman. And the cover is very beautiful, very colorful and fun. If you are in love with Mexican food, which I'm... So I knew I was really in love with Mexican food as a kid, but I think as an adult, the love is becoming extra i'm more i'm very interested in mexican cuisine just because i love it so much and i'm trying to how many times did you text me last week going we're going out for tacos more than two (laughs) i know and i have to start expanding my palate from tacos like tacos are great don't get me wrong but like i love huevos rancheros i love tamales are delicious enchiladas are delicious too but just you know trying to learn some other dishes that are more authentic and fun ciudad de mexico has really very basic chapters we have the basics we also have marinades rubs and salsas right in the beginning next is early morning then breakfast so i'm wondering what the difference between the two chapters are early morning and breakfast that's interesting are you also, like, are you, are you a hobbit? You're going to have second breakfast? <laughs> I mean, uh, 
A yes. little Mexican food eating hobbit. <laughs> I, I, I am. That is now me. It could also be early mornings could be potentially like coffee making or beverage, you know, something more True. along those lines. We also have lunch, snacks, sundown drinks. Hooray! And that, of course, goes before dinner because that's the proper way of actually having dinner is having your drinks beforehand. Yes. I appreciate this. The pictures are beautiful. They're vibrant. It's just they're just stunning. And they provide queso fundito with rajas and chorizo. I'm so sorry about my terrible accent. We also have a this looks really it almost looks like a burger, but with flatbread instead. It's called a pembazo. I've never heard of that. And I grew up next to Mexico in yeah, San Diego. It's huh. It does look like a, it looks like a burger with flatbread. It looks really, really tasty. We also have tamarind chicken wings, which I know it's hard. So for me, I also love Asian food too. So I know tamarind is in a lot of Thai dishes. Yeah, I'm surprised to find it in a Mexican food cookbook. That's cool. I've also heard, I've heard that they use tamarind a lot in South America and in Central America as well. This this is a really cool cookbook. It's just really fun, and you learn about Mexican cooking specifically, not you know Central American or South American cooking as whole. It's all about Mexico City and what they bring to the table. And obviously, there are recipes in here that are not common. I'm not seeing so far any you know taco recipes, but you know they have a guacamole recipe in here. But they have very unique dishes. I very very much appreciate it. So that is Ciudad de Mexico, Recipes and Stories from the Heart of Mexico City by Edson Diaz Fuentes and Pierre Kaufman. My next international cookbook is called Gino's Italian Express. And I initially wasn't super excited because we've looked through lots of Italian cookbooks. No big deal. <laughs> but this one by Gino Acampo, which comes out June 22, this one is about a culinary journey along Italy's most famous rail journeys. So it's a celebration of delicious, authentic local food that he discovered on his train travels across, across Italy. And that immediately makes me think I need to buy this for a friend of mine who is addicted to riding trains across Europe. Oh. He'll love it. So this cool. is 80 brand new recipes from Gino, who is a cookbook author. He shows you how to cook Italian dishes at home with minimal effort. That's right up both of our alleys. Yeah. Each recipe is in his signature, easy to follow style. And you can either make weeknight suppers or dinner parties using these recipes. He has, oh, had an ITV series in Britain that came out in autumn 2019. So if you had watched that show, this would be the perfect companion. I have not watched it, so I have to peek inside and see what's going on. I have never ridden a train through Italy. Oh, that would be so magnificent to ride a train through Italy. Oh, beautiful. They have a map of the journey and the towns that you go past. I'm not having much luck finding the content. Nope. They can't display it. So I can't tell you anything much about that until we get a sneak preview copy, but I definitely am looking forward to looking through this on video with you on YouTube and on Instagram. And also, if you're a member of an Amazon book club, you can get early access to this book on the Amazon website by adding it to your book club. I don't know how that works because I'm not an Amazon book club member. So that's Gino's Italian Express by Gino Diacompo. Cool. Next, I am venturing into vegan, vegetarian, and plant-based cookbooks. This one 
made me laugh initially because I was like, there's no way this is serious. But actually, it it, it is serious. It's called The Harry Bikers' Veggie Feasts, coming out June 22nd, and it's by The Harry Bikers. Okay. <laughs> so... The authors, it's it seems like the main authors are Cy King and Dave Myers. And I was very surprised looking through this cookbook. So if you go on Amazon, you can kind of at least briefly see they go into a lot of detail about cooking. And like we've said before, Carrie said this before, where, you know, when you transition into vegetarian or vegan eating... There's a lot of times where you start eating a lot of these things and then you're lacking, you know, iron or you're lacking, I don't know, vitamin D or something. I mean, I lack vitamin D, Seattle, but... I do too. <laughs> yeah. So they have listed all of the vitamins and minerals out for you and then the food association. So for instance, vitamin A, if you need more vitamin A in your diet, you can eat sweet potatoes, carrots, peppers, tomatoes, broccoli, etc. So that's really nice. It's very technical, and I was not expecting this at all. They even have little symbols throughout the cookbook. So they have two different color-coordinated check marks to indicate whether or not it's vegan or vegetarian so that you can avoid cheese or not. The recipes are all divided into, it seems like, times of day. So you have brunch, dinner, drinks, that kind of thing. So some examples that I've been able to see through this look-through are toddy scones. We have a Indian bubble and squeak. Oh, yeah. With, with curry, I'm assuming. Yeah. We mm. also have chickpea pancakes with spicy carrot and bean curry. What? That sounds really interesting. There's also American style pancakes. So the, the recipes, they cover a variety of flavors, different regions of the world, which I, I really appreciate that. I don't like being in one region, I guess. So that's why I've never started a Mediterranean diet, for instance, because I like eating more than just Mediterranean food. These are very easy recipes to create. Pictures are great, very simple, just really fun, especially if you're starting out doing vegetarian or vegan dieting or if you need to expand on your cookbooks. This is a fun, fun book. I would never have expected it looking through, but this is an excellent cookbook for sure. So that's the Harry Biker's Veggie Feasts. I'm almost scared to look at the cover because <laughs> I don't like razor-averse men. <laughs> they're actually kind of adorable. They oh. look like really warm and happy. And, yeah, they're very cute. My final cookbook today is a vegetarian, or excuse me, vegan cookbook called Five Ingredient Vegan Cooking, 60 Approachable Plant-Based Recipes with a Few Ingredients and Lots of Flavor by Kate Friedman. I'm laughing because I would probably turn this into a six-ingredient vegan cookbook because I would add butter or cheese to the recipes <laughs> and make a vegetarian. But <clears throat> that's just me personally. But for those of you that are vegan, here's yet another new vegan cookbook. I love the five-ingredient spin on it. Right now, I'm in a vacation house that doesn't have a lot of food, and I'm trying to use up what I have. So this would be the perfect cookbook to help me just, you know, let's get rid of some of the ingredients, make a healthy meal... And yes. then clean out the fridge and go shopping again for stuff like butter and cheese. Anyway, <laughs> some of the recipes in this vegan cookbook include dinnertime favorites like butternut squash gnocchi with browned butter sauce. I'm, I'm assuming they make it out of almond butter mm -hmm. and crispy sage. Uh -huh. And one pot sun-dried tomato and chickpea stew. Sounds really good. Yes, it does. They 
they teach you how to toast your tomato paste to add a little, a little extra oomph. And I've never thought of doing that. That's good. Because I don't have idea. that kind of time, but okay. Yeah. Uh, they present nutritious options like roasted beet and farro salad and one pot asparagus on white bean soup. And there's dessert, for example, vegan favorites like tofu, chickpeas, and chia seeds to make a perfect sweet treat, such as minimalist chocolate espresso mousse and chickpea chocolate chip cookie dough. No, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> for those of you that would find that delicious, please enjoy it. That is five ingredient vegan cooking, 60 approachable plant-based recipes with a few ingredients and lots of flavor by Kate Friedman. The final cookbook on this week's list is the Forager Chef's Book of Flora, Recipes and Techniques for Edible Plants from Garden, Field, and Forest by Alan Burgo. It comes out June 24th, and I have not seen a foraging book this beautiful. I say that now, but, you know, I could be proven wrong sometime later this year. It is a beautiful cookbook. I've never seen vegetables look so fabulous in my life. They go through a lot of interesting details. So one of the things I'm seeing in here is like plant families and the flavors they share. So I like that because so if you're foraging, for instance, it's going to be different here on the West Coast versus the East Coast. So learning about the different plants that are all over the world and learning about which ones actually have similar flavor profiles so that we can actually forage similar tasting things, even though we're on different parts of the, of the country. That's cool. I like that. I think that's super helpful. We have 180 recipes in here, and this is very photo friendly because there are 230 beautiful, stunning photographs that explore all of the edible plants that we're going to find kind of all around us in that, you know, like I said, from east to west. One of the first photos that popped up at me was actually the one on the table of contents. And I've never cooked with uh, fiddle ferns before or fiddleheads. Oh, they're so delicious. Are they really? They. I wish. Let's go look for some in the woods by my house. That would be fun because they they look little like little fantasy plants and i imagine like little elves eating them or you know they're just beautiful and cool so there there's a beautiful picture in the table of contents with fiddleheads and radishes and asparagus and it's just stunning so what we have in this book our chapter 1 is verd verdant it's greens bitter and sweet Second is abundant, so vegetables wild and tame. So this is a really interesting way of dividing up this book. The introduction definitely goes through all of the basic plants, things you'll find and things you'll be able to forage, which then turn into these interesting chapters. The third chapter is aromatic, herbs, flowers, and alliums. And then four is nourishing, which is nuts, grains, and starches. Very cool. And then we also have menus. And I wish I had a better indication of what that means, but I'm kind of hoping that he goes into the de certain details. Like, you know, if you have an abundance of mushrooms, how can you use these mushrooms throughout the week or for the whole day? Are you going to be able to make a menu that is focused on mushrooms for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's kind of what I'm imagining is what is going on here. But let's see if I can pull up just a few recipes so you can get an idea of what this book looks like. He has a wild herb brioche, and that looks beautiful and very tasty. We have a pickled ramp aioli or sour cream. Oh. What's a pickled ramp? 
that sounds interesting. Deliciousness. You're going to have to introduce me to all these crazy plants. We also have a fried zavirne. Zavern? I don't know what that is. It looks Ooh. cool. It looks very interesting and fun. Oh, it actually tells you right here what oh. it is. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's helpful. It's also known as, I think it says cocoon broccoli. Because oh. it's literally broccoli cocoon. So that's cool I'm, with this book. I'm Googling that right now. Yeah. So that's the cool thing with this book is like, you know, it shows this, you know, here's a recipe. Fried Zaverne or fried Zaverne. And then it has on next to it. What is this thing that you're making me prepare? I like that. That's really fun. So if you're interested in that and foraging and learning how to cook and seasonally, this is going to be a really fun book to pick up. It's the Forager Chef's Book of Flora, Recipes and Techniques for Edible Plants from Garden, Field, and Forest by Alan Burgo. I'm just going to share with you that I just Googled broccoli cocoon, and the first thing that came up was a newspaper article said with the headline, Man Raises Seven Caterpillars in Lockdown After Finding Them in Tesco Broccoli. <laughs> so, I'll leave you all with that. If you enjoy our podcast on upcoming cookbooks, you can listen to our new episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays and the occasional mini-sode on old cookbooks. On social media, if you enjoy Facebook, you can see our cookbook news, cookbook blog posts, my cookbook videos. You can watch my cookbook look-through videos on IGTV on Instagram and on YouTube and occasionally on Pinterest. Thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.